Okay, I'm with Wayne for the midweek pods. We are moments after Forest Nil United won in the FA Cup. It it was good in the end, I think. Wayne, how are you doing? This United side, for all its many faults, and the manager for all his many faults, I'm just going to use a very, very quick comparison. And by the way, before I do that, Ed, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, look, I so enjoy it last minute winner as much as anyone else does. Yeah. The the 90 before that was a bit messy, but that yeah. was good. Yeah. So my very, very quick comparison is, you know, like Ollie Ball was basically vibes and then and then it got really bad under Ragnick. It got really bad under Ollie, obviously. And then it got really bad, really, really bad under Ragnick. And then it got slightly better under Tenorg. And then it, it's become really bad for parts again. And there have been some parts of the Ollie, of the Tenorg era, noticeably early winter, where people were starting to reminisce fondly about vibes under Ollie Ball. Yeah. And what I, I want to say to that is, like, you know, obviously, um, top of the list for nostalgia merchants. But what I will say is what that tells us is there was something to build upon that we didn't really appreciate as, as well as we should have done at the time. There are a lot of things that are wrong and dysfunctional with this Manchester United side. But don't discount, and maybe I'm just feeling optimistic because it's at the moment, but don't discount the quality of a team to get last-minute goals when... First of all, their togetherness has been repeatedly questioned. And second, nothing else seems to be going right. If they can do that, that's a major, major quality to have. I'm not saying it'll necessarily lead anywhere this season. Yeah. But with regards, you know, like we saw it with Fergie intermittently in his early time. And we've seen it with different managers. If you can't be good, be lucky. And, and United have had spades yeah, sure. of luck, luck this season. They've had bad luck, as we saw on 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 Saturday. But you've got to take the rough with much of the rough with much of the smooth at the present time. And like your tonight like we... your face, Wayne, the the rough beard and the smooth head. Oh well, yeah, That's yeah the way I it was, should be. I, I was wondering where you were taking me with that. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> well, you like your face, Wayne. I'm like, okay, but yeah, you win that one. Yeah, do you, but yeah, do you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm feeling a little bit too optimistic to say, like, invest some real hope in what we saw tonight, because I don't mean that. Yeah. What I mean is the quality to be able to win games frequently, like United are doing in that manner, is a quality to not be discounted. Oh, for sure. And and look, I, I'm not discounting the vibes either from a last minute winner and, and what he could do. I mean, especially in a week where we saw a few stories come out that uh, players were unhappy that they didn't get the Sunday off and so on and so on and so on. That is a signal, quite a strong signal, I think, that there are some factions of the dressing room that aren't happy with the way things are going for them, for whatever reason, whether they don't like the manager or don't think he's the right man or they're not in the team at the moment or playing bad or whatever it is. Um, and that came alongside the story about Marcus Rashford and Eric not getting on. No idea if any of this is true, but you kind of read between the lines. You're like, vibes may be not good right now. And for understandable reasons, if you lose 15 games in the season and you're Manchester United, there's going to be some pressure, isn't there? So all, all, all a long way of saying, last minute winner, very good in the FA Cup. Of course, there's analogies to, God, how many years ago is it now? Nearly 30, 25 years ago. More than that. God, 
30 years ago, 30 and a bit years 30, ago. So the 1993, yeah. 34, uh, 34. Yeah, see, see, this is what age does to you. Makes it makes you unable to count years, apparently. Feels like it was yesterday. Anyway, so, well, like, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's a kind of some nostalgia in that and, and United's ability to sort of pull off a win at Forest in the FA Cup with the manager under pressure and, and yeah. all of that. So it's a kind of nice headline to write, isn't it? But there's undoubtedly it's undoubtedly true that Ten Hag is under pressure. New management team in place, results not great, no guarantee that Champions League football will be on the way. This is obviously the last competition that United can win this season. It's important for a whole bunch of reasons. We can be hyperbolic and say it's kind of biggest game of the season. I think I might have said something like that on Twitter before the game. Very naughty Ed for being hyperbolic, but but a big game nonetheless. And so therefore Therefore, 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 very important United won. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I get where, where you're coming from with this, but my feeling is that it is in the principle of a game at a time. And in the principle of, and in the context of this week in particular, with it being Forest, and, and yeah, you could talk about nostalgia, but we still like to dying on that. Everyone's been hamming that up because of the fact it's Forest away in the Cup and, and the Fergie thing and everything like that. But there's a very real scenario where we lose tonight and then get tanked on Sunday and, and then Tenor really looks untenable. It d- doesn't make his position ultimately much more safe because of what might still happen on, on Sunday and what is likely to happen. And the fact of the matter is that we've got Liverpool at home in the next round and they could quite easily embarrass us. And then then you're left asking the question, is it better? If you're not going to win the cup, the games are only as crucial as the the end destination in the cup room, right? Um, depending on whether or not it's a complete humiliation. So if United had lost tonight 1-0, as opposed to losing 3-0 at home to Liverpool in the quarterfinal, which is most embarrassing. I'm not saying don't win the game. And what I mean is the importance yeah, of no, it. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Then again, like think about it the positive way. Uh, Klopp buys into his own uh, sort of hype, and uh, given that he's the only manager in the history of football ever to play a few young players in the game, and uh, no one else has ever thought of doing that. So uh, Klopp's kids invented playing young players. Uh, maybe yeah. he'll do that. At Old Trafford United will. Uh, Pinch a lucky win, and uh, we'll be on our way to to Wembley for a cup semi finals. Hey, can't can't discount anything, can you? And who knows, we may fa- f- find a functional tactical system by that time. Oh, something did, like did that. you see? Did you see one tonight? No, I'm not sure. I did, although it got better in the second half. Well, latter part of the second half, didn't it? I was a bit worried in the first half just how many chances Forest were creating. It's the pattern. Like everyone does it, Casemiro misses a tackle and suddenly Forrester on the break. I think that happened, like might have been Forrester's first attack um, that happened. You're like, hmm, here we go. Um, And especially after Ten Hag, look, I'm I'm all for having a go at Scousers, but uh, it's not like Jamie Carragher's analysis on Monday Night Football wasn't, what, a thousand... Tacticos on Twitter had already pointed out is really obvious. There's a big gaping hole in United's midfield, and Ten Hag got a bit shirty with that one. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I'd maybe fix the problem rather than worrying about about the pundits. And so I saw a bit of that tonight. But back half of the second half, United actually created 
create a fair number of chances. They didn't really give up any real, real big ones. Maybe Anana one save, the one that sort of went at him when he was stepping to the left. So it's it, it felt a little bit better, even though I, I haven't looked at the numbers yet. I'll go look at it. I, I probably Forrest had twenty shots in the game or something like that, which is still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt a little bit more co- cohesive tonight, relatively. Yeah, I, I still look at the way that we set up and lessons that aren't being learned by the manager and say this very tentatively because he knows his squad better than, I mean, we've watched them for longer without any doubt, but he knows them closer than what we do. He knows their capabilities and their preferences and everything like that. So what I would say is the forthcoming criticisms I'm about to spew out are very much balanced against the fact that He's probably had all these conversations with the players. There are things like the Amrabat left-back experiment. And I, I get it. I get to a point now where I look at it and I, I see. I do see. You, people say, oh, I don't see what he's trying to do. You do. You can see, really, if they set up. Once, they've, once they're in possession of the ball, the players move to a 3. Instead of people calling it a 3-1-6, it's ostensibly a 3-2-5 because one of the fullbacks. But it was Dallo on Saturday and it was Amrabat tonight. One of the fullbacks moves into defensive midfield and they, they play with three man and all the other players push up. The yeah. problem that United have always got is that the, those five players in the front just sort of stand. They, they're almost hiding all five of them. And I'm talking about, you know, like Bruno will run around, but the, the others will just hide and sort of stand there. Occasionally you'll get Garnacho trying to run off the back, but Anthony can't make that run. Rashford doesn't no. like it if he's in the middle. So yeah. players just aren't making that that kind of run. What I mean in, in terms of like this, we know we know all these issues. So why persist? It's not like we're not down to the bare bones in those kind of areas where we can't afford to sort of make it make a change around a little bit and create a little bit of a surprise for the opponent, but also keep the players on the toes like Tell them that they've got to do something different because it's all right saying, oh, well, you don't expect it's different from Rashford now or you don't expect these players to do anything different. It's like the, the same old thing with... And I've made this point a couple of times on the podcast and, and it is an elaborate one, but where Bruno rolls around and does all this nonsense where you know at that point where he's doing it, he's actually prohibiting the team from building an attack because quite often they'll have to regroup and start a second phase of attack and he's still rolling around looking for a free kick that he's not going to get. And I remember him saying on an interview like 18 months ago or something like that, oh, well, the moaning and all that sort of gesticulation is part of who I am, and if you take that away, then I'm I'm not the same player. But just just try. Just try taking it away for a few games and let's see what happens. We've got to try something because that doesn't work and it doesn't help him. The Rashford thing, like, you don't like playing in the middle, Rashford. That that's That's clear, but... Just try, just try it, just try liking it for a little bit. A lot of flappy arms today from Rashford, weren't there? Exactly. uh, He's obviously not feeling good about himself, I'd say. No, yeah, but I think like those two are the most high-profile players. They're the the players who United depend upon most to get some kind of attacking, senior attacking burst. I mean, now, obviously, it looks like they're heavily relying on Garnacho, um, and no one's helping him when he's got two men on him. No one's helping him whatsoever. And, and that becomes a problem 
where United are concerned with Bruno and, and Rashford because they need to be picking up some of that slack. We, regardless whether or not they're in form or not, they still need to be picking up that slack and taking that responsibility yeah. away from a kid. And sorry, just to close the point on that is that apart from the defensive issues, like the Amrabat thing that we think we've seen too many times, we saw it too many times in the winter to think that can work again. But he tried it anyway, and we got away with it tonight. There are too many issues that we've seen too many times that are now avoidable. Injury crisis notwithstanding, there's still avoidable problems in there that seem to undermine United's abilities to play. And that's on the manager at this point, and he needs to sort that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the tactical issues have been there all, all year. I mean, well documented elsewhere in terms of both how United build up very direct at the moment, vertical and the big gaping hole in midfield on the transition. And, and so all of that's well-documented, hasn't changed. You let, Let's just assume that all the things players are doing that are pretty weird are manager instructions and what they've been working on, right? So otherwise, you'd just get them out of the team. And then on individual performances, yeah, and, and sorry, like shape of the side today. I mean, he's got a lot of bad choices, basically, given the injuries and play, plays out on loan, the thinness of the squad, certainly saw how thin it was if you look at the bench today. So a lot of bad choices, and he's trying to work out which one's the least bad choice. And so if you're going to pick Anthony, because there's not very many other options going forward, then you need you probably need Dello on the right to provide some attacking output there because Anthony's not going to provide anything. He gets the ball, yeah. stops, goes backwards. That's his signature move. And and so I kind of understand why it's Amrabat on the left rather than the right in order to like allow that attacking output, but that just sacrifices whoever's on the left because clearly Amrabat is not getting up the touchline and going to provide much width. Uh, he did maybe once, twice tonight, not very often. And and so it all felt very one-dimensional. So even though United were attacking, I think I think something like 80% of United and more than 80% of United's attacks were wide tonight. Yeah. So they were trying over and over again without having an awful lot of success. And obviously Rashford was very isolated in the middle as a result. All just challenges. He's I, I feel like previous managers would have tinkered more and Ten Hag's got a, an idea in his mind. And maybe he was convinced it was right because they won five in a row, right? Newport plus four league games, albeit some of those hundred shots against in those games. So something definitely wasn't quite right there. But you get the results. You could convince yourself that all is happy again. And the, the weekend result perhaps gave a check to any of that thinking. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean... It's there's definitely a lot of challenges, and he hasn't got the players he wants in order to play the play the way he wants. He's already given up on a possession game, and tonight you kind of had the in 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 a way like the opposite to some of the teams we played recently. We had a Forest team who did not want to attack except on the break, and United aren't very good at attacking when they are not attacking on the break. They're much more dangerous in transitional moments. And I think that's what led to some of the kind of feeling of discontinuity in the game. It was a bit messy yeah. as a result. And and I don't know how much you can draw other than like all the conclusions that we've we've seen already this season about how the team's set up and, and what we're doing. We're winning games quite narrowly when we win games. It's not really about the system. It's about moments. Tonight was about a moment very good ball into a dangerous area and and Casemiro as he has done many times for United gambling on that run and he was in the right place to to get the winner for United but 
who knows if he if that moment hadn't happened, it had gone into extra time, and and who knows from there. In, in that moment, by the way, United were chasing that from the start of the second half, and what I mean by that is the moment came from a set piece. It's not the first time that United have won a, a game late on through a set piece. It's just caused a, a bit of chaos in in the box. They can afford to do that sometimes because they've got a few tall players and that does invoke a little bit of panic in there. There's no real... It does. I mean, tonight's free kick is probably different to all the others in that it seemed like it was a clever ploy, actually, to play at the near post. Like It looked like Bruno had spotted something there and Casemiro um, did well to... And he was quite brave considering the injury on, on Saturday to um, actually put his head in there and, and score the winner. Um, and by the way, if you want... You're going to hate me for this, but if you really want to draw on nostalgic comparisons, a ball played into the box and a ball that bounces before a stooping header was exactly how Mark Robbins scored a bit earlier on. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really contriving that one. But United have scored that goal, set piece, a little bit of chaos in the box too many times at the end of games this season. Well, I'm, I'm at the start of this podcast saying, you know, it's a positive thing. It's not really a positive game plan. To, it is in one aspect because it is kind of clutching at the United DNA that you have a bit of that chaos theory at the end that we all like to see, but not in that way. I don't think. I think there's a time where United quite often run out of um, ideas and out of luck, and they got away with it again. And I feel like sometimes when we've seen it this season, all we've ever said as a result is United have got away with that. They've got away with that. And I feel like that again tonight. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind United scoring from set pieces. I mean, Arsenal have got something like 12 in the league from set pieces this season. And so it's going to get you a lot of points and all results yeah. in the cup. Doing that. That's fine. You just want it to be an addition rather than just the only thing. It's not like we score a lot of goals from set pieces anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, I'll just the point. On, yeah, but the point I wanted to make on that is like the the be all and end all is that it looked like we were playing that from we we're playing for it from like five minutes in to the second half. It like we've been giving up on the the build up. It was just like Bruno was looking for the free kicks in all those kind of areas. He's even deliberately floating out to those areas where you think he's not really going to cause any damage because there's no one in the box. So even if he gets into those areas. The only damage he's looking for is to get fouled for a free kick. And I don't, I think when you're relying on that as a plan A, as United seem to do for much of the second half, and yeah, look, we got away with it and it, it worked in the end. But I, I just feel like it's not a game plan. Much, much with everything with United at the moment, it doesn't feel sustainable, is what I'm trying to say. Have to, I have, again, I haven't looked at all the data here, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't play a few fewer passes in the second half and were a bit more controlled in their positioning in order to stop those forest counterattacks. And that that might have contributed a fair bit to Forrest having far fewer shots in the second half, just being a bit a bit safer, a bit less yeah. stretched, a bit less basketball-y, which has caused a lot of problems this season. Like, United have never... Like we haven't scored a lot of goals this season, and but we look much more dangerous when we're using our rapid attacking players and going very vertical. I don't mean long ball. I just mean going from back to front quite quickly and getting into dangerous yeah. areas quite quickly and much, much more dangerous. But of course, the game gets stretched and we don't have the players in midfield to cover for that. And Casemiro gets himself sent off or 
whatever <laughs> if he has to cover all of that space. So I, I wonder whether they just weren't a little bit more conservative and Eric Kent just asked them to to be a bit more compact in that second half as a result. And and I don't remember Forrest having too many shots in that second half. So I suspect that was it, but it, it and it made for a little bit more control and a few fewer chances given away. But I, I'm trying to think how many we had a few. Sh- we we created a few shots in the second half, but I'm tr- trying to think of how many good ones were there. Like were there were we creating really good moments? So I'm not I'm not sure about that. So it's, no. it's look it's a it's a balance Eric's trying to find, and uh, it's been really hard. He he is a manager who produced possession dominant sides, but he's got a bunch of chaos merchants, so he can't do that. He's a manager who probably wanted a team that played with control, but he's got a bunch of players who who don't really like it like that. He's a he's a manager who probably wants to play a high line, but his defenders aren't suited to that at all. Yeah. So he can have an Arna in there, but if they're twenty yards away from him, they're going to struggle with if the ball's turned over. So it's like a bunch of contradictions. So I kind of feel sorry for him in a, in a sense, but also yeah. like there's a lot of regression as well. So. Yeah. Look, we've, I would say I include myself in this. I don't think we've pulled any punches with Tenog. I think we've been very, very, and I'm talking yourself and the other people, uh, Dan and Tom on the pod, we've all been quite healthy to give in our, in our criticism of Tenog. But I think what tonight and Saturday showed as a really good example of this contrast is he can do so much in terms of the way that he wants to set up his team. But the difference from one player to another is so significant. So Martinez, we all know the impact that he has. It pushes the game up up the pitch. He's, he's far more direct with his um, penetrate, penetrating passes. You know what you're going to get with him, and he's so crucial to the way the United play. Now, Take him out and put Ari Maguire in. You get what you get on Saturday. A team quite happy to let Ari Maguire have the ball and United giving him the ball all the time because he's a free man. No, Everyone's happy for Maguire to have the ball. Maguire himself is quite happy to have it. That should be ringing alarm bells in his own head, but he doesn't. And he just stands there trying to spray, uh, spray the ball around like Beckenbauer, in which he can play a pass. He can play a pass, but... That's his middle wow. name, didn't you know? Yeah, well, I, I did Harry, check. Harry, you know, Harry, yeah. Beckenbauer, Maguire. Yeah. No? No. So, yeah, I think we're pushing that one. I, I can't even laugh. I can't even laugh at that one. Um, so, but what I mean is the difference, obviously, from Martinez to Maguire. You can see that. You can see that in, in the way that United play, and you can see it again tonight because obviously, when United don't have Maguire in the middle of the pitch, there's no centre back holding the ball for ten seconds. So the the style of play is, is changed again, and so. What I'm trying to say is that's obviously not completely on the manager. It's, it's 50% at least down to the capability of the players because he's not, I, I presume he's not telling everyone, let Maguire have the ball for 10 seconds in the middle of the park and, and let's see what happens from that. It's just the pattern of the game and the way that it goes and the fact that there's no more fit defenders and he has to play him and, and so on and so on. So the United's style of play, and like you said tonight with Anthony, what he can and can't offer, um, regardless of we now know we can now fairly unless there's a big turnaround, we can fairly say it's a quite a big mistake to have signed him, and that we're going to take a hit on him. But that's what we've got at the moment in time, and it's still a massive change in style to Diallo. Diallo when he comes on in, um, Ahmad when he's got a different skill set, 
perhaps not as good on the ball as Anthony, but quicker, and you hope for penetration from that. So these massive, massive differences in terms of these different skill sets are obviously mm. impacting on on what Tenog's trying to do with the team. And like like I say, we I'm quite happy to give him criticism. He's getting criticism from everyone. He's not getting criticism from Jamie Carragher. And that's when he chooses to bite back on it. But I, I do, and I've said it before Christmas when you the injury crisis, that it, it, I have some sympathy with him for that because you you see, I'm not saying it was brilliant when all the players were, were fit for that brief, how, how long was it? Seven minutes? It was a good seven yeah, minutes. about that. And then, and then it all fell apart again. But you can see it there. You can see it there when all the players are there. And obviously, where there's a disparity, which isn't, which is comp- uh, partly on his on him now because it's eighteen months, two years into the job, but not completely because it's such a disparity in the ability levels in that squad. You are going to get yeah. performances like we are seeing. For sure, for sure. I, I mean, I, I just wonder whether, like, in in moments of adversity, is where you really see the value of your coach. I mean, I know that sounds really pithy, but. He has not been able to find answers to the crisis. Maybe it was too big for him to do that. But I like if if possession based football was plan A, plan B seems to be Ollie Ball without the vibes. And just to be really cruel. <laughs> that is quite cruel. Because he's got no, like it, it is quite cruel, but he's got no charisma at all. Right. And so if you're going to be a Manchester United manager, like with all the profile and the focus that comes with that, and you're going to have no charisma, you better be a bloody good coach. And it's not exactly clear that he is a bloody good coach yet. And that, and that I think mm. it's kind of leads to some inevitable criticism. And that's probably unfair. In the same way, it was unfair to say Ollie was only about vibes and he didn't have anything else. Because you, you look kind of misty-eyed back now. We'd take a couple of second places, wouldn't we? You know, second and third or whatever it was in a... Europa League final and and smashing everyone like fours and fives all the time. It's uh, double figures into fours and fives, wasn't it, under Ollie? So never going to do yeah. that now. You could have a pub team turn up Old Trafford. We'd managed to play within ourselves against them. So <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> it's of <a> contest. <laughs> yeah, dog and duck. Deary me. All right, look, we're through. We're through to the fifth round. Fifth round, quarterfinals, quarterfinals, yeah. sixth mm-hmm. round, isn't it? I can't count. Sixth round, home to Liverpool, some point next month. I, and another, another. it's still a chance. We're still in it. We've got a chance. Yeah. Before then, just a little game at the weekend against Abu Dhabi FC. Who, who, I don't know. Like, I thought it was a middling performance against Luton. And that lad up front, he's got a lot to prove, hasn't he, with City? City is not not United. Are, are we worried about this one at all? Well, yeah, obviously you think it's going to be another massacre. You can see a lot of goals being conceded. Unfortunately, you can see a City team who it's a strange one for City because they're so robotic and so I don't know sterile that you wouldn't. There's no need yeah. for them to prove anything. Do you know what I mean? Like they're already the best team. They're odds on to win, not odds on, but they're favourites to win the treble again. Please, in a way so. that, well, 
let's be realistic about this because they are so apart from Liverpool, and you don't want to be praying for Liverpool to be winning anything at all. And I'm not no. saying that City winning anything is a better two Eagles. I'm not even entering that conversation conversation this season. But what I mean is. They're, they're favourites to do it in a way that like United were never favourites to repeat the treble in, in 2000 because no. I think in that landscape, people realised how unlikely a treble was, whereas now it's quite likely that they can do that and quite likely that you'd bet for them to do it next season as well. City are a different thing. They, they, they've changed from this. People were saying for the first two or three years at Guardiola, you know, like, oh, this is the perfection of his vision and all that sort of stuff. And now it's turned into this sort of like a bastardization of it, really, because in his older teams, he would have never had a play like Holland. And he's just gone, do you know what? I'm just going to, everything I'm going to do to guarantee the maximum amount of trophies in this flat bullet, flat track bully landscape that I've got, and just guarantee the best chance that I've got doing it. Because that's the way that I'm going to get my respect. And the way that he talks about it in such a defensive way these days, that kind of like he, he thinks that the trophies speak for themselves and everything like that. And I, I really do. De- people look at the Barcelona sides and they talk about a, a team that were great to watch. And I think a lot of that obviously got one of the very, very greatest players of all time in your team but also yeah. two of the very best midfielders of all time in your team who they're all there at the same time. And like they're playing together as well. Two of the best midfielders of all time are playing together and they've got the rhythm and cadence of a football match in a way that you've never seen two other f- midfielders do that. So, yeah, I'm not saying that a lot of that is to do with Guardiola as well. I'm not discounting his role in that, but what I'm saying is, first of all, he was fortunate to do that. Second of all, the freakish nature of the way that those players were all there at the same time. And in much the same way that people might say that about the class of 92, it gives, it leaves, leaves open the question that you want to see more evidence of what Guardiola does, whether or not his approach is a good approach or it's a positive approach, it's a beautiful football approach. And we didn't see a lot of evidence of that at, at Bayern. And it wasn't anything that Bayern have built upon since that so they've inherited that as their, their sort of cultural identity. So yeah. but at, at City, obviously, he's, they've they talked about it. They had to up for four or five years, and particularly bad time for United to be involved in that conversation because we had Mourinho as manager who was never going to play that style of football. It's not going to be expansive. You're not going to have United can't even, and it sticks in the throat, even when we won two trophies, you can't even enter that conversation because the style of football is so abrasive at the side of what Guardiola was at least famed for doing. But over this period of time where the league's become less competitive, more competitive within itself, but less competitive for Man City that they can sleepwalk to a league title. They'll look anywhere near the best. They don't even need to play particularly good football. They just have have to have an ensemble of the better players who can high compress up a pitch and cross the ball across the goal and then put, cut it back for yeah, someone yeah. to score. It's just, it's not entertaining to me. And I'm not saying that as an embittered, because I, I can give Klopp his flowers and say that that kind of football can be entertaining to watch. It's merciless if you're on the back end of a 7-0. You don't want to watch that or 5-0 at home. But you can at least 
credit the the style of football and you know you can look at what yeah. they did to Barcelona in, in that comeback and say oh that's good. I can't in I don't look at anything that I see from Guardiola's style of football at City that is reflective of a coach that. That says that that's good entertaining football. I can't see. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I, I always find Barcelona quite sterile. I mean, I feel like we had the conversation at the time. It was something new yeah. and people were like dazzled by that. But I mean, the 2011 side was a very good side, no doubt. But I, I'm not sure a lot of what will they produce. And, and, and Spain were an even more sterile version of that during that period as well, where they short passed their way to boring everyone to death at the 2010 World Cup. So, yeah, I, 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 I find Klopp's style of football much more entertaining. Like, don't tell anyone I said that. Don't want to don't wanna inflate his ego even more because, you know, he listens for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will be. But, uh, so I mean, a few people do. I occasionally get a message oh. telling me when I fucked up in some way. <laughs> so I, I didn't mean hundred. just some people listen. Uh, I just mean the message might get to a Liverpool fan somewhere. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah, I might do. I might do. Yeah. So, yes, I've, I've always find, found Klopp's football uh, much more entertaining. And, and yeah, the question marks will always be out when Guardiola retires. The question mark will be, could he have done this without Messi, Bayern winning everything? Because they always win everything, except this year. Or or the, the cheat code of of state sponsored football and and unless he takes a job after city that is completely different which he probably won't because his his thing is organizing elite football as to be the most dominant team possible then then there'll always be a question about him for sure now unfortunately like all of united's problems and all the areas we're absolutely weakest in like players Shifting around centre backs, cutting balls through midfield, <laughs> ability to squeeze space, the high press—all of the things we are quite weak at and don't seem to be able to organise for are City's strengths. And that's not like doom and gloom. It's just, yeah, like they are set up to to really punish us. Now, Eric could try something different. We'll see. I don't know what that different is, other than like let's defend with everyone and play like cut minnows side. <laughs> going to the big boys or something, which it's, it's hard to say that'll happen, right? But it's, it is it is unfortunate when we're at a weak moment in terms of like available players and and the way we're set up of the players who are likely to be playing that, that it, on paper, I, I think the City side should cause us a lot of challenges, which is never nice to say, is it? I My other problem with this is that are you saying a different approach and open for surprises? The sobering realization for United in a in a post from the moment we signed Ronaldo, basically, we sort of decided to plod with the veteran up front, and that Oli decided to do that, and whether or not he was foisted upon him or accepted him with open arms or arranged a transfer, how involved he was in it. From the second he started playing a 35, 36 year old player up front. He was contradicting the uh, kind of strategy they um, used in big games before wanted, that, yeah. um, sure. and, yeah, yeah. Where, and we've been very successful in by and large. And what that did to United from that moment in time, because it never really recovered, because of for whatever reason, you know, like obviously Lingard went, and he was crucial to those big games. And Martial was uh, did some big contributions in those games as well, and obviously Rashford. Dan James obviously left, and he was. I'm not saying 
I mean, I love turning the clock back and, and rewriting history and saying he was a fantastic player or anything like that, but it was crucial to some of those kind of performances. <laughs> getting all misty-eyed ever, Dan James. No. But you, you might you get know that... these days, mind you. Yeah. Well, it's we, more well... effective than, than Anthony. I mean, like, provably so. Yeah, and, and he took his number as well. He's got his number, and he's not... Imagine that. It's one thing not living up to, like, Canton or and Robson in number seven, but not living up to Dan James in 21 is... You can have a word with yourself for that one. But but what I mean is, like, Dan James was effective in these kind of games, and now United's the, the, that identity, that kind of ethos of building, again, don't get nostalgic for this. I don't mean this, but the McFred midfield partnership in those big mid, in those big games away from home, we would go, oh, not again, but generally, by and large, it pull out a performance in those kind of games because United were resolute. They knew their strengths, they knew the weaknesses. Now they do know the strengths, they do know the weaknesses, but that doesn't stop anything from happening. It's kind of like we all know, and you all know what you're going to see. So yeah, nobody's surprised, and we never are surprised. And unfortunately, I think that's why um, I, I can't even even with the optimism I've seen as win tonight in the way that we won. I still think you need to brace yourself for something embarrassing on on Sunday because there's nothing there's nothing there be- that suggests otherwise. No, and I, it's again, it's like really hard for United to to set up in a way that that hurts City with the the forwards we're likely to have, and and quite hard for us to keep the ball away from them, and quite hard to defend as a result. So, I mean, you mentioned Fred. I, I get a bit nostalgic for Fred, honestly, this season when I see Amrabat looking like one of those ninety three year olds struggling over the finish line in the London Marathon. He's as quick as that, isn't he? And I, I get nostalgic for Fred. Would he have been worse? Absolutely not. I mean, Fred drove everyone mad because you didn't know whether you were going to get a worldy Hollywood ball or much more likely shanking one out of play off his own shin. So he was a deeply frustrating and very flawed player for sure. But was he worse than Amrabat? I just don't see it. I don't see it. So mm. anyway, that is that is completely irrelevant to, to Sunday's thrashing potentially. I'm trying to look for a way to think about it as a... Like, what could Eric do to change it up? Because if it is these tactics stretch the game and try and be vertical enough, like City are going to have Rodri plus another sitting in front of that back four. So structurally, they're, they're well suited to, to countering the counter. Like, uh, Guardiola is obsessed with this. He's obsessed with the transitional moments because he got punished with it. But remember when they got Bayern had, like, six shots or something and managed to score them all all on breaks like he's obsessed with it so this is why John Stones was playing midfield and why Akanji has played in midfield he wants to be able to throw five players up but but be able to counter the counter so what are our options here because we're not going to retain the ball we can't do it like the the this kind of quick vertical style is not going to be effective against City so it's it's probably defend quite deep Defend really well and hope for some set pieces. You know, yeah. Like this is I, I why Eric's know. paid the big bucks, right? I can't come up with a, a way that United like managed to do something in this game, and I'm hope I'm completely wrong. Obviously, yeah. But they, even even they, sorry to be a pessimist again, but they just don't have the tools because everything that you're you can comprise a game plan. You could probably come. You could do it. You could come up with one, and then it would still rely on things happening 
not not just like city being complacent and, and things like that, but things happening that are so far away from the norm. Now, the one thing, the one thing that I would say United have got a chance on is Garnacho from the right finding a space behind the right, behind the, the left fullback and behind the centre backs. He can't do it against Kyle Walker because Kyle Walker's too quick, but he can do it on the other side. So finding space. And we know that Garnacho is probably from the options that we've got in that front line, apart from Hoyland, who won't be there, is the most clinical. When when he's got a clear run on goal, he looks you you sort of back him eighty twenty to score, which is pretty pretty good ratio for a kid. Like he did against Arsenal in the goal that was disallowed, you'd back him, you'd say, All right, he's gonna go through and he's gonna score. United will probably get a chance like that in the game. One chance. If they can, or if not a chance that's clear cut like that, a chance to work that opportunity, that will happen because see, for how good they are as footballers in defence, they're not Maldini and Costa Curto. So the, a chance will be presented. Um, it's whether or not United are clinical enough. Like all of the, the hallmark of all of the victories at Napoli's main road, the council house under Ole was how clinical we were with the opportunities that we got. In fact, there was one one game where we played them where Martial scored and I think Rashford scored a pen, where where we actually missed a few big chances. But all the other games we've played against them, it's basically been take the chance that you get because another one might not come along. I don't see Rashford being clinical enough because I don't think his confidence is high enough and you really need his confidence to be high. There's really, and you know, I'm not going to keep the ball because we don't have the play, players to do that. You're basically banking on Bruno, one of Bruno's Hollywood balls coming off and Garnacho scoring yeah. from it, really. I wonder whether there's just a thought of like shifting things around a bit. So, I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying about Garnacho being pretty effective off the right, perhaps surprising us how effective he's been and, and obviously Marcus is more effective off the left but I wonder whether Ten Hag might be just tempted to to play Garnacho off the left and obviously Rashford through the middle which he doesn't like and, and move Bruno out to the right and bring in an extra midfielder no I wonder whether he'd be tempted to do that so interruption on that sorry he, he tried that in the cup final and it was horrendous Bruno was out of the game completely and it's I, been horrendous every time he does that I mean I, I'm not advocating for it I'm just like would no, he be tempted? Because he's done this a few times in, in the big games. I know what you're saying, but the the moving Bruno out to that means that you're basically suggesting pack the middle with defensive players. And United, again, hate that it's, it's just a point that needs to be made. You don't have safety in numbers with United. It's not a pack mentality. You don't put seven defenders in there and they defend better. They defend horrendously. With the, they'd be like, oh, what, oh, what are we all doing? We're all getting each other's way. So I, I, I guarantee that that would happen. United are not; they do not have the personnel to set up like that. They don't have the the group mentality, and there's something about me that because I'm braced for for the worst, I'm braced for a big defeat, and it's part of me like I don't know if it's better to be a sitting duck and say like just go the way that we are and, and accept that it's going to happen. Not accept, but go the way that you are and at least try and win the game as, as meekly as you can do it. Or accept that you're going to get battered, pack the defence and still get battered. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that that's such a tip, that's a coward's way of, of losing. I don't want to oh, see that. Oh, it is. United. It is. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, all all of this whole conversation between us feels like like it's, it's the, the state of the state of United football at the moment, and and we yeah. ha- we hope with the the new team in place that that things get better in the future. Obviously, but right now, the fact that we can't like even talk ourselves into thinking a way of United winning this game is pretty bad, and we're like you're then like between the rock and the hard place of, oh, shall we attack and get battered or shall we defend and get battered? Great. Just <laughs> love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess one bright point is Guardiola cannot play all hobbies in form players. So he can't play Foden and De Bruyne and Silva and Doku and Alvarez and Haaland and Grealish and Oscar Bob. He can't play all of them. So <laughs> that's like maybe a little, little bright spot. Oh, oh, um, oh, for a, for a luxury like that. Can we play all of our informed players? I think we can probably do oh, that. We definitely can play them all because it, it's like if you could find any, that would be good. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> normally, even things being as bad as they are I don't, or as bad as they've been this season, I'm not normally this pessimistic. I just think that it's obvious. It's very obvious in this game what's going to happen. And I don't see... And I'm not putting this one on the manager, to be fair. I just think there's... Unless he does something like that's so cowardly that I think, well, we've all accepted this can happen. I would like to see him try something different, but something different that's not seven yeah. men in defence. Do you know what I mean? Something that's like, oh, do you know what? But having said that, there's so many round pegs in square holes that there's something different would likely be as radical as playing Lindelof at left back. Does anyone want to see anything that radical? I'm not sure that I do. I don't. I don't think my heart could take that in a game where I'm already expecting Holland to score like another hat trick at least. Um, I was just. Uh, I'm not a big gambler. I was just looking at the odds here uh, in a two horse race. Just you probably get. Oh, it's ridiculous. You probably wouldn't get odds this long if a relegation threatened team was playing City. To be honest, I think it's a bit. Yeah, people obviously all feeling like us. So, oh man, cool. I I, re- I wish I wish that we had a better, more positive note to end on because United did win in the FA Cup today, and that is good. And we have set up a a quarter final against Liverpool, and there's still a chance of a trophy this season, and and that would change everything in terms of the calculation. Maybe not in terms of like if you were a clinic, it wouldn't change everything for for the Ineos team who are thinking about what kind of manager they want next season, but. It changed everything for the fans. So we're still, this season still has life in it yet. And yeah, so let's let's try and end on that positive note. We're not we're not completely dead yet. For the masochists among you who support us on Patreon, because we didn't do a backers content at the weekend, we're going to have a chat about what potential other options there are other than Ten Hag if the Ineos team decide to make a change. That is everyone else. Thank you very much to, for listening to Wayne and I talk about United's famous victory today and uh, not about the City result coming up. Everyone else will see you at the weekend. All right, bye now.